Welcome to the Questioning God podcast with John Hopper. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and this is a resource produced by Search, an organization committed to having conversations about the big questions of God and life. And this episode is all about chapter 13. If God is loving, why would he send anyone to hell? Now, John, this is a a very uh, controversial topic, interesting topic. Uh, It's painted as this terrible, eternal place with no escape hatch. But if that's true, and if God puts people in hell, it's very difficult to see God as loving, isn't it? Yeah. I I think that's sort of the place that a lot of people have come to. In fact, there there are many who like a lot of what Christianity has to say, except for this piece, except for the hell part, right? Um, it makes us uncomfortable. And and I think in some ways, at least biblically speaking, it's sort of meant to make us uncomfortable. Like, we shouldn't be happy about hell or, you know, or, um, or feel good about it, right? So um, it is something that's uh, painted as terrible and uncomfortable. Now, I think one of the first places to begin in this conversation, Blaine, is just making sure that we have it right. So I, I think it's the impression of some people that maybe Christianity, sort of this marketing scare tactic that was added over time, like, hey, we need some more followers. So hey, we'll tell people that, you know, if you don't believe it, you're going to hell. Right? <laughs> I think so. I mean, that's a pretty heavy handed, you know, scare tactic. But I think in some ways, that's the way people think of it. Um, and yet when we look at scripture we see that it's it's there all along in fact you know there's a lot of people and i I don't really agree with this perspective they'll say okay the the god of the old testament is a god of wrath and the god of the new testament though is mercy and grace um and again it's not really a perspective that i hold i think god is is sort of both of those things in both of the testaments but but what's interesting if someone says well god in the new testament is full of grace and mercy, it's actually the New Testament that speaks more pointedly about hell than the Old Testament. And the person who speaks about it more than any other is Jesus himself. Like loving Jesus. <laughs> so He's the one who speaks of hell more than anyone that gives us sort of more clarity or details on it than anyone else. And so um, it's, it's there. Like we have to to deal with it. It wasn't added in the 3rd century or the 4th century or the 10th century as a scare tactic to get believers. No, it was there with Jesus. Jesus spoke about hell. So if if Jesus, if the Bible supports the idea of hell, as you're saying, we still have to ask the question of how hell and a loving God aren't at odds with one another, That's right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I think there's a number of ways in which hell can be a reality and yet God still be seen as loving. So um, the first of those ways would be that um, throughout Scripture, we see that hell, when it's spoken of, particularly by Jesus, it's spoken of as a warning. It's not like, ha-ha, people are going to hell. It's like, watch out, gang. This future is, is there for you if you don't turn to God. It's, it's, it's in this context of not wanting people to go there. So um, so let's suppose that uh, um, you're really sort of familiar with a sort of certain property and uh, you see someone driving down a road that's going to end up going over a cliff. 
Okay. And so, so you try to warn them of the cliff, right? Like, don't drive there. You don't want to go there. Okay. Now, let's suppose that the person still, they ignored your warnings and they went and they fell into the cliff. Would you say that the person who's providing the warning was unloving? No, I don't think so. And, and we see that exhibited by the fact that they're giving a warning. So, so if we see in scripture, yes, hell's a reality, but we see God saying, don't, you don't want to go there, you know, turn to me, turn to me, because you don't want to go there, then I think that sort of plays against the idea that God is unloving. Secondly, um, he not only provides a warning, but he, he very much provides a way out. So um, it's, it's as if he's, He's, he's the one that's, you know, the car's coming and it's going towards the cliff. And uh, he, you know, does the warning and kind of from the side of the road and, and the warning's not being heeded. So he actually sort of, he knows sort of the shortcuts or let's, I know the shortcuts through the, through the woods. And I get to this place where I get ahead of the car again and I stand in the middle of the road to where I'm putting my own life in danger, right, to keep someone from going over the cliff, right? So, and, and I'm pointing, go this way, go this way. So in that case, right, it's like the person isn't just providing a warning, but they're putting their life at stake and sort of showing a different route. There's this really great story that comes out of 9-11. So um, a fellow by the name of Wells Crowther, and he was a guy in his mid-20s. He had, um, as a teenager, he had worked in a volunteer fire department, but he went on to go to I believe an Ivy League school, and then you know, got, uh, got into the sort of the finance world, and was working on the 104th floor of the World Trade Centers the day that they were hit. And uh, because of his background of working at the volunteer fire station, he was kind of alert to the situation. So when the planes hit and the smoke's coming in, he immediately finds the rescue route. And he starts telling people, follow me, follow me, this is the way out. And he would lead people to the stairs and then and take them down a little bit. And then he'd come back up and look for more people. And he kept doing that and doing that. So now in the end, the buildings go down and it cost him his own life even, right? So, um, and, and there were probably people who like, who is this guy that's telling me to follow him, right? <laughs> they didn't want to yeah. follow him. So, so if those people died in the building... They didn't follow him and go out. Would you call Wells Crowther unloving? No, you wouldn't say he was unloving because he put his own life on the line to show the way out, and they just didn't take it there. And I think that's the case with God again. He provides a warning for us, but he's also providing this way out, a way out that even cost him his own life. So it's hard to say that, that the existence or the possibility of hell is un, unloving there. Now— does God, I don't know how to say this, but does he like this setup with hell? Mm-hmm. I mean, is mm-hmm. it, sometimes it's, even the way we mm-hmm. you would talk about it is like, well, you know, God sends people to hell, or the mm-hmm. way we've titled the chapter, you know, why would he send anyone to yeah, hell? Yeah. I know it's kind of being provocative a right. little, but what's the reality behind yeah, this? Yeah. Is this something, does God enjoy this setup? Yeah, right, like if he likes it. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so if you saw a parent, right, that, you know, told a kid, Hey, don't do that, and um, and you know, really tries to warn them and says, "Don't do it this way. Don't do it that way." Right? But then when the kid failed, they just said, "Ha ha! Look, now he's getting what he deserves." Like we would go, that that's with that parent, right? So, 
I mean, when we see our kids make choices that we've warned them against and even shown them a better way sort of deal, and then they've, you know, they they feel the consequences of it. In some ways, we're like, well, they're getting what they deserve, but but we're not really liking that, right? And I think that's the case for God as well. So we actually see God say, we see this in the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel. He says, he says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So his heart is not a heart that wants to see us um, to end up in hell. So so again, so how can there be a hell and God be loving? Well, it's because he provided a warning, because he provides a way out, even at the expense of his own life, because his heart beats that we wouldn't go there. So all of those things you know, sort of line up to the idea that God um, is is loving. And I, I think, too, um, one of the great ways that God shows himself as loving, in, even with the reality of hell, is that um, he is respecting our wishes. So God could drag us all to heaven kicking and screaming, but what kind of love is that, really, right? So, so heaven, in a lot of places, is depict, depicted kind of like a party, a wedding banquet. It's just great, right? So, um, and you know, to pull people into that party that have no desire to be a part of that party, right? that don't like the people that are getting married, that, you know, um, that uh, um, have all along tried to undermine the relationship and all that's there. And, you know, um, like, it's, it wouldn't be good for the people at the party. It's not good even for the people that, you know, are being dragged in, right? So, so he, I think in respecting our wishes, um, uh, he is also showing that he... He loves us. Now, unfortunately, right, some people's wishes, in a sense, is like, I'm good without God. I don't need God. And so he says, okay, well, if that's what you want, then you can have that. And and that ends up being hell, because hell, more than anything else, is a place where it's absent of of all the goodness of God. Yeah, so I would love for you to unpack that idea mm-hmm. a little bit for us kind of or, or like answering the question mm-hmm. like what is hell we've mm-hmm. talked a little bit about you know uh some of the rationale behind mm-hmm. it and god being loving mm-hmm. and kind of philosophy and, mm-hmm. and not contradictory yeah. and all these kind of, but but what what is it, it, it yeah. you just said it's a it's a place where god isn't it's the absence mm-hmm. but talk about mm-hmm. what hell really is mm-hmm. the way that the bible describes it maybe contrast mm-hmm. it with the pop culture yeah, view yeah yeah well, I think you know some of the ways that we see scripture describe it as first of all, it's real. Um, it describes it as eternal. It describes it as full of conscious pain. So um, so it's not just an idea. It's something that those who go there will it will be a real experience. It won't be a pleasant experience, and it won't end. Okay, so now there's lots of imagery that's used for that in in the Bible um, that Jesus uses um, about there'll be darkness or there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth and all those kinds of things. And uh, um, you know, people have argued: are those literal pictures of hell, or are those metaphorical pictures of hell? And in many cases, it it doesn't really matter. Like if it's literal, it looks pretty bad. If it's metaphorical, 
it's still telling us that, hey, it's using language that we understand to let us know that whatever is the reality is, is, is it's pretty bad. <laughs> if I were to say, you know, going in for that surgery, it's kind of like getting your uh, finger smashed in a door. Like, well, that's a metaphor, right? Sort of thing. But that would make you very nervous about going <laughs> for that surgery. Yeah. So, um, so it's telling us it's not a pleasant place. And, and why ultimately it's not pleasant is because the goodness of God all of his mercy, all of his joy. So um, it's, it's not there because he's not there. And uh, so we're left to ourselves. So, and it's, uh, it's a mess when we're left to, our, to ourselves. So, um, so it's, not, it's not a pretty place. It's not a place we want to really toy with. And that's why the Bible warns us of it and is very clear on how we can avoid it. And it, also seems to me that if hell is the ultimate eternal destiny of of some for for those who don't trust in God's plan of redemption through Christ and it's really the absence of God and and the God allowing people to just do what they want without his intervention one of the things I feel like we've got to say before we wrap up here is that one of the themes of the Bible is that right now, that's not the case. So if if somebody even doesn't believe in God or is listening to us and they're going, ah, it's, you know, that's all junk. I don't buy any of it. Well, that's okay. But our viewpoint, me and, me and you, or the, the biblical viewpoint, Jesus' viewpoint he talks about is, even right now, those people who reject God are experiencing the goodness and the mercy of God on the earth because uh, we're kind of in this in-between place between hell and, and heaven. And then there's very real benefits to living here even if you reject God, whereas those those are going to go away if this picture is right. Yeah. So one place right in Scripture, it says that the rain falls on both the righteous and the evil, right? So so if you're a farmer and the land's a little dry, it's like and you're evil or righteous, you're still getting rain. So, But what if there was no rain? What if there is no grace of that rain? It's just parched land, right? Like That's essentially what we get in heaven. There is no, or in hell, there is no sort of mercy like that that's sort of poured on the righteous and the evil. And so it it would be a place we don't want to be. Yeah. So does God send people to hell? Does God send people to hell? I think people earn their way there to hell. <laughs> and uh and he respects their wishes um even though he desires greatly that they would never be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to put it. This has been a great conversation. We could have done this one for an hour. <laughs> but uh, this has been all about uh, this this question. If God is loving, why would he send anyone to hell? Next episode, we're going to look at this question. Will God judge people who have never heard about Jesus? And if you haven't already, go pick up Search's new book, Questioning God, Answers to Questions Worth Asking It's available now on questioninggod.com and on Amazon, and we look forward to having you join us next time on the Questioning God podcast with John Hopper.